Welcome to Canada Homeschools, the dose of inspiration and encouragement for Canadian homeschoolers. Canada Homeschools features interviews with homeschool group organizers, resource suppliers, and conversations with everyday homeschoolers just like you, all from a Canadian perspective. I'm your host, Rowan Atkinson. I'd like to thank you for joining me. Now let's get started. <laughs> In 400 meters. In 100 meters. You have reached your destination. Welcome to a marriage conversation. I've invited my husband to join me and we're going to be having a little chat about marriage. Thanks for joining me, honey. Great to be here. Great to be on your podcast. So this can count as your Valentine's Day card to me. Cool. I've already bought a card for you. Have you bought one for me? Nope. <laughs> well, then you're off the hook. <laughs> That's good news. That's yes, good news. Because this counts. Cool. I like that. Thanks for joining me. You're welcome. So what do you want to talk about? This is all unscripted. So how about how we first met? Sure. Why don't you start? <laughs> because then you can correct my story. Sure. That would be good. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of me correcting your yes, story. Yes, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so we met in university. And I guess we'll just cut to when I came and introduced myself to you. Sure. And so you were sitting down in the cafeteria studying, and I asked if I could sit there, and you sort of painfully looked around at all the empty tables and chairs and shrugged your shoulders and said, I guess I guess so. so. And then the next thing, there was this hand coming across the table. Hi, I'm Rowan. <laughs> I think I was wearing a business suit because I was doing a seminar, like a debate in one of my classes. Yes, but day. I wasn't expecting that kind of uh, intro. I thought you were just looking for a seat. I wasn't looking to be picked <laughs> up at that moment. <laughs> so then I said, hi, I'm Rowan, and shook your hand. And yeah, you said, I said, hi, I'm Chris. And then I said, I know. And I said, how do you know? And I said, I read it on the sleeve of your jacket. Uh, I knew right then she was smart. Couldn't fool her at all. <laughs> and then, yeah, rocket science. And then I said, what are you studying? And you said, said calculus. And I said, ooh, gross, I hate calculus. And I said, what are you studying? History. And I said, ooh, gross, I don't like that either. <laughs> so the rest is history. So I guess I went out on that conversation because it was a match made in heaven. Yes, but I did not like you in the beginning. I know. I even gave you a black eye. That was by accident. Yes, it was. We were playing floor hockey. Yes. And it got a And she was getting rough. way too physical and I accidentally bumped her with my hockey stick. Yeah, but I still wanted to go for ice cream. <laughs> and I said that I had enough. <laughs> But we ended up going for ice cream. Yeah, we did. I felt well. guilty. I felt guilty. And 
Anyway. Oh, so, yeah. And so we've been married for 25 years. Yep. We just celebrated. Actually, we didn't celebrate our 25th, 25th anniversary. anniversary. Yeah. And what is the reason why we haven't celebrated it yet? because our daughter you tell got- me oh yeah that's right <laughs> our daughter got married yeah so our daughter got married right in the same week as our 25th anniversary we were a little busy with the wedding but we do have a gift card and we are going to go out for dinner sometime yes we do plan on having some quality time together for our anniversary yes and also valentine's day so hmm, what should we talk about the love languages well, I was thinking, why don't we talk about how we've made it through 25 years? Because 25 years is a very, mile, it's a huge milestone today. And there's a lot of people that haven't got that far along in their relationship. And, you know, I think of uh, my great uncle and his wife, 72 years married. And that is an incredible milestone for them. And I think uh, the value of companionship isn't something that people need to know how to make that happen, how to make that work. And so uh, that would be my two cents that we need to talk about companionship because companionship is incredibly important in a relationship. Agreed, agreed. So that brings me to the love languages. (laughs) Sounds like you want to talk about love languages. No, I think it's relevant to what you want to talk about because how do you stay together for so long? And I would start by saying it's the grace of God for sure. You know, understanding each other's love languages helps with that. Like when we were first married, my love languages were quality time and conversation and acts of service. I didn't really know acts of service was until I had four kids in six years and then I needed help and then I realized it. But, And your love languages were physical touch and words of affirmation at that time, although I think you kind of like quality time now or companionship, as you just said. Sure, yes, yes. (laughs) He's so patient with my words. You were very busy working and... I was kind of left on my own and I didn't feel so loved. And then when you'd be around, I would verbally tell you what I thought of those things and that would not speak your love language. And then we would be running on empty tanks. Yes, yes. So, yeah, and we had other stuff going on too. So, you know, when we say 25 years, it hasn't all been you know, perfect or easy always, but we're not giving up though. No, of course not. Because I love you. And I love you. That's right. So we're committed to the end. Yeah. So you wanted to talk about companionship. What do you think we need to know about that? Well, I think companionship is one of the most important things in a relationship. How do you define it? Well, it's basically two people walking together. And as they walk together, they support each other. They are there for each other. They're committed to each other. They're not leaving each other. They work through the conflict. They work through the tests, the trials, the hardship. They celebrate the good times together. It's not a victory for one person. It's a victory for both of them. And when two people that are in a relationship are celebrating each other's victories, uh, supporting each other through hard times and difficulties... That's really what companionship is. It's two people being together, two people becoming one. And so they celebrate each other 
uh, all the way through all of that. And that's what makes the difference between a commitment that only lasts a couple of years or maybe at best six months uh, from the difference between lasting for 20 years, 25 years, 50 years, 70 years, where they're just committed to each other and the little nuances of our personalities, all the little quirks. And as we change, as we get older, they change too. And But we're still committed and learning to grow with each other through all that stuff. Yes, like now in my late 40s, I'm developing a man compartment for putting things in. The saying goes that men are like waffles and women are like spaghetti. I think there's a book called by that name. But I remember when we were early in our marriage, I'd say, what are you thinking? And you'd say, nothing. <laughs> and I'd be like, how can you think about nothing? I don't believe you. What are well, you I thinking? Yes, I am. It's nothing. I'm not thinking about anything. I'm just zoned right out here. It's my decompression compartment. Yes, but women don't have one of those. They should. We did not design ourselves to have one. We did not have a testosterone bath when we were in the womb, severing our left and right sides of our brain. Yes, I know, I know. But as as, as we age, yeah. the lady hormones go down, testosterone comes to the forefront a little bit, and we get a man compartment. So that's something if you're younger than your late 40s, you have to look forward to. And I think it really coincides with when your kids are pretty much grown, because then you can, I don't know, it helps you release a little bit when you have a little compartment and everything isn't all joined to everything else. So would you say that... Um, we might as well get into a bit of homeschooling and marriage stuff. Would you say... homeschooling podcast. Exactly. So, you know. So, homeschooling and marriage. I'll just segue from the whole spaghetti thing and the waffle thing. So, homeschooling moms, they are doing a lot, right? Oh, for sure. For sure. They're homeschooling and parenting and doing most of the parenting household management, some of us are earning income as well. How do you think that being spaghetti and having everything in life intertwined and all the emotions and everything intertwined, how do you think that plays into maybe that being a challenge or hard for homeschooling moms? Well, homeschooling moms have a lot of things to juggle and uh, they're naturally equipped, i.e. spaghetti, to be able to naturally just do the many different tasks that are involved. But I do think it's a huge responsibility for the male in the home to actually support his spouse, his wife, if she's the primary home educator, in giving her the breaks that she needs. Got to be a massive support network that is being fulfilled by the role of the spouse who's not actually the one that's doing the homeschooling. And if you have an arrangement where you can do, you know, shared roles with homeschooling, I know it didn't really work with our kids. <laughs> no, let's talk about the math. So as you probably have guessed, Chris, uh, he studied math in university. And so when the girls got to be a bit older and were going past kind of the algebra that I like to teach, I thought, wouldn't it be great while I was working more with the younger ones if at least daddy could take over the teaching of the math. Yes, and that did not go well. Um, the fun dad that was always there playing with the girls and 
and being uh, a little bit more um, soft with them in that context. To make up for my strictness. Then when it came time for me to put on the teacher hat, the kids couldn't transition as well with my teacher hat as they could with my uh, fun dad kind of hat. And uh, it was an interesting process. I, I know it's interesting for them. It's also been interesting for me to reflect back on on how I am with them in that kind of environment. But I went from being the fun dad who doesn't expect a lot of them and is very supportive to actually demanding uh, a little bit more from them and pushing them harder than uh, they were used to being pushed by me at that age. And so uh, it created all kinds of conflict between me and the girls and uh, we just decided it was better they decided i decided it was just better that that mom do all the all the homeschooling so then i ended up back with the math and i think part of it too is that you're a gifted teacher in your sphere and but i'm kind of a gifted kid teacher more so than you not that you have to be gifted to homeschool because i think if you're a parent you are homeschooling um but for the kids were used to my way of teaching them and because you're like a math whiz you could just look at it and just get it but they needed to be taken through all of the steps I think that was part of the breakdown too not just the fun dad thing but that you know the best math teachers that are in schools are usually more the b student math teachers because they know how to break down the learning more so and you maybe just didn't know how they didn't just get it like you did because you like anti-differentiating quadratic equations you think that's fun well guess what all these artsy kids we've produced do not that is true that is true but i appreciate you trying and taking that on and helping me at that time yeah and that was one way that we were just working through ways that we could that i could support you and in that whole role of homeschooling and uh, as we experimented with different things, we uh, learned what worked and what didn't work. And I think the bottom line is that there needs to be a willingness in both spouses to be supported and also to do the supporting uh, so that the other person, and, and you know, it depends on your homeschooling environment, what you can do. Because I know there's lots of homeschoolers where the dad has time and his job allows him to be in that place or non-job. And the wife, the mom is the one that's out uh, winning all the money and and uh, she's supporting the dad. And so there's got to be a compromise there in terms of who can do it and what works the best for that particular family. But whatever whatever your situation, there's got to be a massive amount of support in that relationship. And I think communication too, because sometimes um, the non-homeschooling parent, and I say that in quotes because really I think parents should both be on the same page it's something that we're doing even if one of them is implementing it more hands-on than the other but on the front lines but communication because I think maybe some dads for example don't really know all the things that their wife is going through and and maybe even have no idea how hard it is like let's just look at a statistic from I think the millennials are better at this at sharing the parenting sharing the household management and sharing the income earning but our generation we're postmodern, but just at the beginning of postmodern, and and so even women who work outside the home full-time at that time also were responsible for 80 percent of the household management and the parenting 
And so I think a lot of dads around our age kind of got the mindset that like, oh, that's her thing. My job is to make the money and her job is to manage the home, do all the parenting, do all the educating. But really home educating, especially once your kids get older, it that's a full-time job in itself. And so you each have a full-time job, but then also the mom is managing the home and doing the parenting. So it can become a strain, I think. For sure, it does become a strain. I think that's why it's so important for dads, if that's the place, and I'm just speaking from my own experience, is that when you come home and your wife has been homeschooling all day long, she's been with the kids, she's been changing the diapers all day long, she's been dealing with, you know, character issues and all the things that come up in parenting. Character issues, my character issues. Yeah, and those two. (laughs) You You need to step up and take the weight of responsibility. It's not time for you to you know, put your feet up and say, hey, I've already worked my eight hours, my 10 hours and my, you know, two hours of commuting, whatever that looks like. And, and say, well, I've done everything that I need to do. No, it's about you stepping into that role immediately as you walk through that door and uh, take on that responsibility of, of disciplining, of making sure the kids get their reading done. I remember doing that lots, reading with the kids or marking. I, one of the things I did even I got into marking. I used to mark all the math quizzes and that because I could do Because I'm bad at marking. <laughs> yeah. and, and so there's all kinds of ways that you can support and even even just telling your spouse, okay, this is great. You can go out with your girlfriends. Okay, great. You can go have a bath and I'll put the kids in bed or I'm going to do this with the kids and read a story or in our case, play on the floor and just be there for the kids so that she could leave this environment of being with the kids all day long and uh, have some kind of adult alone time or relational time that she needed just to continue to function as a healthy adult. Yes, and so it's not divided into that's your thing and that's my thing. Or if that's the case, the dad isn't really helping the mom, right? Like I've read that on some blogs somewhere. The dad isn't helping the mom with the parenting and the household when he gets home, it's his household and his children too. So if he ate off the dishes, then doing the dishes is just as much his responsibility as hers. Like, you know, just to have open communication and to be really both on the same page. Yeah, that's that's the big point. It's just to be on the same page, going in the same direction. And again, that just speaks of that word companionship again. Here we it does. Yes, two people going in the same direction, helping each other along the way. And uh, that's got to be the forefront. And I, I would go on, go so far as to say this, when, when anybody decides to go into the realm of homeschooling, it's a huge commitment. And it's a commitment that both husband and wife need to make together. They need to think about it. They need to pray about it. They need to be on the same page. Why are we doing this? What is our answer that we're going to give to everybody that's asking us why we're doing this and make sure that they're consistent between each other so that when they get to grade five, we have the same answer. When they get to grade eight, we get the same answer. And when they go on, if that's what you want to do is continue to homeschool through high school, you still got to have the same answer together. So it's always about being on the same page and supporting each other 
So it's not good if mom's having a bad day and she's like stressed out. It's not good if the dad says, well, why don't you just put them in school then so he doesn't have to listen to the complaining anymore? Yeah, those are the places where you got to step up and you're like, no, I own this vision just as much as she owns the vision, even though she may be the one that's actually responsible for doing the teaching or the home educating. Uh, I got to step up and, and just say, you know, we're in this for the long haul. And I, I remember this one time, it was, a, it was a tough day here. And it turned out we called these character building days when uh, schoolwork wasn't necessarily getting done, but our kids were learning all these skills. And I remember coming home and, and, uh, for lunch or just into the house at some point in time and I came in and the house was quiet and Rowan was in the living room or kitchen area something like this and I'm like hey where are the kids and Rowan said they're up in their bedroom <laughs> and I'm like what are they doing up that there? wasn't the hunger strike day was yes it, it was the, oh, hunger, the strike. hunger strike day <laughs> yeah, yeah don't call child protective services <laughs> so uh, anyway I just stepped right in and uh, became the the educator in that moment and and just help the kids go through all of this and so i have to explain it now the kids were supposed to clean their room and it was a job that would only take about an hour so i figured you know by lunchtime they should have it done so i said so you're not getting your lunch until it's done then when we went upstairs they're lying on the floor like, I'm so hungry, and time was going on, and so that's why I call it the hunger strike. They eventually did get to eat, but only after Chris, like, came in and assisted them <laughs> assisted in cleaning their room. But for me, it was just dad's on the same page as mom. And He's backing me up. Yeah, I got her back. I then become the heavy, not being mean or anything, just enforcing what the standard that was already going on. We had to do that a number of times. Like and that's if, when those compartments came in handy because I would be so emotionally involved in whatever was going on, but Chris basically had no emotions about it whatsoever. And this came really in handy when they would do terrible things in the basement, strewing a giant teddy bear stuffing all throughout the floor or doing art attacks on the wall with calligraphy pen cartridges or just our kids are very resourceful divergent thinkers let's leave it at that and so I used to like lose my cool and get so upset and then I learned to be just like wait till dad comes home not like wait till your father gets home oh I'm obviously old because you don't even know what show I'm referring to but I don't mean in a disciplinary way but I just learned that you know what I can't handle the stress because to me it's one more thing of cleaning up that I just I don't even have it in me to do on top of all my other responsibilities but you could just come home and take over the situation and I could leave it with you. And uh, it was a big help. Yeah, and that goes both ways. It wasn't just about character and discipline issues about you know, the things we were asking them to do, but it also had to do with schoolwork too. You know, I would come home and say, hey, your mom says that you're you know, behind on this subject or you're not finishing this. Mysteriously <laughs> lost workbook. <laughs> yeah. And you say, hey, you better find this and uh, you got to get going on this because your mom needs this done. And, and I think... What makes homeschooling easier is when uh, mom and dad are totally on the same page and going in the same direction. It becomes incredibly hard when it's only a one-sided thing. And uh, it makes the homeschooling process even harder to do than it already is. Because it's not, when you take on the challenge of, of educating your kids, it's radically different than even a school teacher role where you're educating these kids and sending them back home. Paid planning periods. Yes, all of these other things. 
uh, that are a benefit. They're great things, but you're always there. These are the same kids that you're raising and you're teaching them and they get you all the time and you get them all the time. And so there's no change, which is great, um, but it can also have its limitations in terms of your own stress level and, and what you need to be doing to uh, build into them and make them become the best that God's created them to be. You don't realize your character weaknesses until you decide to homeschool, and then it's not just for their character, (laughs) it's for yours too. One thing, marriage-related, is that I'm very independent and strong-willed, and I, I think I could have probably let Chris help me more, but I felt that I could do it all by myself or that I ought to be doing it all by myself. So even if he did something for me, I would still feel that I was not meeting my own expectations, that I should be able to do this or I should be able to do that. And that word should means to scold yourself. That was That's something that I have still probably have to grow in. It's just, I mean, when we met, I wouldn't even let you hold the door open Yes, that is so true. <laughs> but you like that. Oh, I did. I did not want a uh, a wishy-washy kind of partner. I wanted a woman by my side that was strong and independent just like myself. Well, you got it. I did. Can you think of anything else homeschooling and marriage related that we should talk about? Well, I think it's important too for uh, mom and a dad to make sure that they have quality time outside away from the kids and i think oh yeah when you're a homeschooler let's just be blunt like there's not a lot of money kicking around that's extra like you're buying books you're got all these other things going on you're on a lower income just because of your commitment to homeschooling and however that plays out and so being creative and finding ways to spend that quality time together whether it's pillow talk, whether it's, you know what, we're just going to leave the kids at home right now and go for a walk or what, whatever that looks like. It, there, there's got to be a massive amount of fight on both sides to make those things happen. So one thing we used to do was have in-house dates, we called them, where we'd have a special little dessert or something. We couldn't really afford a babysitter all the time. But we would, that would be the one time that the kids could, you know, watch a video or something. And we would have our little dessert time, even if we had candlelight. And we just said to the kids, this is mommy and daddy time now. And so we had in-house dates. Do you remember those? Yes, I do. Remember our first date after our fourth? So we had four and six years. Remember our first date? No, I don't remember that. (laughs) It's okay. It wasn't very memorable. (laughs) Remember Del and Jen babysat? the kids for us and timothy was like six weeks old oh yeah we, we dropped went, them off at their house yeah, right and then yeah, we yeah. Went out to a restaurant for dinner yeah yeah we were both so exhausted and we didn't really have anything to talk about the way i remember it except the kids yeah. so i think we talked about the kids I don't remember anything about that date. The, the date doesn't stand It was stand a boring out. date. We yeah. were both tired. It was too soon, maybe. I remember more about the conversations with Del and Jen and picking up the kids than I do about <laughs> our date. <laughs> Honestly, we sat across from each other and we were like, ooh, because, yeah, we were exhausted. Yeah. You know, we still we had a two-year-old and a newborn and... A six-year-old and a five-year-old, and we were just tired. 
that's well, okay, and that's, but we gave it the effort. Well, and I think that's the other thing, too. You have to realize if you're going to make this kind of commitment, it's, a, it's an extracurricular kind of commitment. And so you are going to be tired. And I think that, you know, you, you want to weigh those weights out as you start down this road of homeschooling because you're it's making... Worth it. You're making a commitment, and it, and it, it's a huge commitment. It's a time commitment. It's an energy commitment. But don't you think as parents we have a huge commitment anyway? Oh, yes. But home educating is, is another level. It's, it's another level. It is yes, another level. I'll give you that. Because yeah. you're going to homeschool conferences. You're finding curriculum. You're you know working through your kids' maybe learning issues. You're working through all kinds of stuff. And, and you got to be committed to do that. And... Just because the one spouse or, depending on your case, is doing the educating, both spouses got to learn about all that stuff. And so that just means that, you know, after you're done your day's work and you put the kids in bed, you got to pull out some book about learning how to teach your kids. And that's incredibly important, too. I remember when I first felt that we should homeschool, you didn't quite want to homeschool. Yeah, I... You... You had been raised in that environment, and it was an, it was actually a brand new thought for me um, because I came from a you know I came from a, a great Christian home and had some great parents in a, in a smaller community, and many of my teachers that I had in public school were Christians, and they knew my parents, and actually some of them even taught my parents. And some so, of them changed your diapers yeah, in Sunday school. That's true too. So, so it was a total different kind of atmosphere for me than from, from what we have today. You know, for me personally, it was really captured because I wanted to make sure that my kids were going in the right direction. And uh, I think that the school system has many good qualities, but I think that there are many yeah, like bad qualities. Oh, yeah, schools, sure. I volunteer so. in schools, so it's not that I am against schools. Um, but there are things that are needed today, maybe more so than any other time in history, where our kids are actually molded along the way. And you can't do that in a public system. And you have to... Or it's very difficult. It's, it just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen the same way it can in a homeschooling environment. And that's really important. It's really important for kids to have opportunities to use their gifts and then have the freedom to go in that direction. And homeschooling really offers that opportunity because you can put your kids in courses you can find courses and allow them to experience things and take they them can places be hands on and they can be hands-on flexible schedule and if they're musical they can spend hours on it if they want to. yeah yeah and they yeah. and you can make up stuff as you go along too yes. and that's one of the great things about homeschooling it's so flexible and uh i think when i look at our kids today where they're at today there are some things that they just learned uh, really well in that environment. Uh, critical thinking is one of them, you know, it's just yeah. learn how to critically think through stuff and try different things and be adventurous. Well, you're already <laughs> outside the box just because you're homeschooled. Right. So you're already doing something differently than the mainstream society. I thought of something about marriage I want to say. Go ahead. Just, I know when the kids were taught, I really was very consumed with them. And I think it's important for us to remember to not forget our husbands and in our being so obsessed with the little ones. And I think the reason why that can happen is because daddy can get his own juice, right? No, I can't. I can't get my own juice. I need you to wait on me hand and foot. <laughs> But you know what I'm saying, like the kids need us to meet their physical needs and every need at the beginning, and then we just get in that mode. So just like, don't forget daddy. Yes, 
I am different than the kids. Yes. You're actually a higher priority in terms of relationship because back to that companionship that you talked about before, and I think we should wind this down. We're having such a good chat, but it's almost, time is almost up. Um, Back to that companionship thing, at some point, you know, the kids will grow up and leave the nest, and that is right and good, and they should do so. But who are we going to be looking at across the table? Will will we be like we were on that first date after Timothy going, oh. <laughs> or, you know, will we have been uh, good companions for each other the whole time? And so we'll just be delighted because we'll get to spend more time with each other and also visit with cute grandbabies, yeah, Lord so willing. All those wonderful things. When I'm going to be like making them apple juice sweetened cookies and you're going to be sneaking them chocolate bars. <laughs> yes, of course. Of course. I will be the fun one. Yes, I'll be fun too. But they'll know where they stand at all times. Yes, and I will be serious when it needs to be serious too. Because you are. Yes, yes. Well, I love you, honey. This love is you one too, of sweetheart. the best valentine's day cards ever i hope that then we should do this every year okay (laughs) you're asking me to talk okay yeah sure sounds good (laughs) so thank you so much i hope there was a nugget in there for you listening that it will encourage you in your marriage and with your homeschooling and if not i hope you just found it mildly amusing to hear us have a conversation yes and i would just say if you're a homeschooling mom and you just listen to this that you should tell your hubby to listen to this too chris and says chris says yeah chris says because we know how much together. you guys love it when we tell you what you should read and <laughs> should listen to so this is coming from chris it's not coming from you well most men need a man to tell them what to do. Because, I mean, this Not is a whole conversation. <laughs> so many times I say stuff to you and you're like, yeah, yeah. And then some man says the same thing. And you're like, oh, that is brilliant. Yeah, I can't I believe know. how smart you are. That is so great. I need to do that. Okay, well, we're going to finish this conversation off air. No, <laughs> just kidding. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening. You can find helpful links and show notes for this episode at our website, canadahomeschools.com. Please share this podcast with your friends and leave a rating and positive review on your podcast provider. This will help others find their dose of inspiration and encouragement. Happy homeschooling, Canada! Hee <laughs> hee!